everybody and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with my buddy Dominic Demister. Wow, we got a jam-packed show, Dominic, and I know I say it every week, but this week we got the NFL draft to talk about, uh, winners, losers of the draft, trades that happened throughout the draft, signings that happened in free agency. Uh, it was a crazy last week of uh, the NFL. Obviously, the draft was, uh, was really super exciting. Uh, Walker going number one. I know you and I didn't call that one, but what were your overall thoughts of uh, the draft, Dominic, just quickly? Wow, baby, what an amazing draft we just saw. I think that we'll probably won't see a, a draft with that many wide receivers. Yeah, I think that that in itself caused the draft to kind of be chaotic, but in a great way. And a lot of teams came out on top. For sure, Dominic, you talk about wide receivers and through pick eight to 12, uh, four of them were wide receivers. You have Drake London going at eight to the Atlanta Falcons. Then ninth, the Seahawks take across uh, offensive tackle out of Mississippi. Then you have three straight wide receivers being taken. Garrett Wilson going to the Jets. Chris Olave, the New Orleans Saints trading up Dominic to get him. And then the Detroit Lions as well, uh, taking a wide receiver in Jamison Williams. So Dominic, I'm curious to get uh, your perspective on that. Your, uh, your number one wide receiver in the draft was actually the fourth wide receiver taken. I was a little bit surprised by this. Uh, I know we talked about it being a wide receiver heavy draft, but uh, for there to be uh, from picks eight to 12, Dominic, uh, five picks total for four of them to be wide receivers. I was excited. You know, I love me some wide receivers. Um, and uh, yeah, I was uh, excited to see that. And a tad bit surprised to see uh, Jamison Williams uh, being the fourth wide receiver taken, even though he was taking top 12. I really thought that Jamison Williams was going to end up maybe falling a little bit in this draft because of his ACL tear. But no, the Detroit Lions were not scared whatsoever and made a bold, bold pick at number 12, taking Jamison Williams. Uh, hey, I think at the end of the day, he's going to be a phenomenal receiver. I just need to see what kind of quarterback Detroit gets in the upcoming years, I don't think Jared Goff is going to be the guy that's going to put Jamison Williams on the map. I think it's going to need need to be a big, bigger star in Detroit to do that. We'll have to wait and see. But boy, did you ever call Drake London out of USC? Boom, in the Atlanta Falcons. I think this is an ideal place for this guy to start his career mm-hmm. with all things considered happening in Atlanta with our good old friend who got suspended, Calvin Ridley for almost the entire year, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, William? The entire year, yes. Yeah, it's unbelievable that he will not be there next year. So we'll have to wait and see. But I think that that landing spot gives an opportunity for London. I wasn't huge on London, but you were, William. How about you tell me a little about that? Yeah, of course. Uh, You you know, you, uh, you talked about the fit with Atlanta. I like it. Uh, obviously, you know, you got question marks at the quarterback position for those Atlanta Falcons. Uh, no one tying it right now. It looks like Mariota will be the starter for the Falcons. She's in starts today. But yeah, Dominic, I really like Drake London. Uh, what I think about like our receiver having it all. I know I talked about it uh, a little bit before, but but he really does. He's able to catch the ball through traffic, high point the ball. Uh, just, uh, you know, one of those receivers that like is a quarterback's best friend. And like one-on-one coverage, if it's, uh, you know, you're in trouble, you don't want to take the sack, throw it up to him. It's either going to be incomplete or caught. It's not going to be intercepted. Um, so you don't really have to worry about that too much with 
with him. You got Drake London there in Atlanta. You got Kyle Pitts. That could be a great duo. We talk about Calvin Ridley. Let's say he comes back next year or who knows when. If they're able to keep that trio of receivers uh, and get a fairly good quarterback, that could be a scary offense uh, in Atlanta because um, I know Falcons fans, Dominic, definitely need a, a lot to uh, – to look forward to in the in the upcoming years uh, a lot of people have them as the worst team in the nfl uh so i uh, gotta see wait and see what happens with those atlanta falcons um but yeah wide receivers dominic uh, were big in terms of the draft uh but also wide receivers that are already on teams and have already been in the nfl being shifted around uh with from nfl team to nfl team aj brown and hollywood brown both have new homes aj brown is now a member of the philadelphia eagles this was big, Dominic. I know we talked about uh, or we, we saw previously in the last few weeks, A.J. Brown didn't seem to be too happy there in Tennessee. Wasn't sure a deal was going to get done. Wasn't sure how badly he really wanted out of Tennessee. But he got out of Tennessee and he is now, uh, like I talked about, the Eagles with the Eagles uh, to be paired along with Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, who they've looked to shop but to haven't got any buyers so far. But Eagles getting A.J. Brown, Dominic, this is a big loss for Tennessee. I know Tennessee, we'll talk about later, uh, drafted a wide receiver in the first round. But Tannehill and A.J. Brown really had that good connection going. I think this is going to hurt Tennessee, but I love this move for the Philadelphia Eagles. Get A.J. Brown, help out your young quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Yeah, bold move by those Eagles getting A.J. Brown. To be honest with you, I hate this move for the Eagles. I despise it. I don't know why they got to go fish for a receiver when they already have Devontae Smith. I really do think we talked about it last week where Cincinnati kind of like brought back the receivers to the full to the NFL, bringing a three wide receiver set. And this is what the Eagles are going to try to mimic with Jalen Hurts not being able to be this phenomenal quarterback, needing the receivers to really step up their game in order to elevate his game. I hate it. I don't think it's going to work. I think A.J. Brown obviously got paid. I think it hurts Devontae Smith big time. A guy who comes into the league did pretty well, in my opinion, uh, off the bat, was looking to be the guy in Philadelphia. And the guy taking the back seat is Jalen Reger. And what about Zach Pascal, who's just signed a big contract? I don't like it whatsoever. It's the wrong reasons, the wrong team. And at the end of the day, Tennessee, I don't really blame Tennessee. They were handcuffed. They weren't willing to pony up the dollars to pay A.J. Brown. Mm -hmm. And uh, now they drafted a a huge wide receiver in Burks to take over his spot. But uh, back to those Eagles. No, this is going to bite them in the butt. Mm. Only way that this ends up being this phenomenal trade is if Jalen Hurts is not your quarterback. And for some odd reason, Gardner Minshew drinks this power energy drink, gets onto the field, (laughs) lights out football, which I don't see happening. I think they're going to write Jalen Hurts all the way until next season. And I predict Philadelphia, you hear it here first, they're not going to make the playoffs next year. Well, I kind of like it, Dominic. Spicy takes here uh, on our show. I got to say, for the exact reasons you mentioned is why I like the trade, uh, you know, kind of uh, alleviating that pressure off of Devontae Smith, young wide receiver. Um, obviously, you know, they got Jalen Rigger as well, uh, who I had um, just mentioned, excuse me, that they looked to, to find a trading partner and couldn't find him. Looks like they may have to keep him. I think that uh, I'm really, I really like Devontae Smith, Dominic. I'm happy you brought his name up and I do expect big things from him. 
Uh, I think he was overshadowed by Jamar Chase there in the, in the Cincinnati as a, as a rookie wide receiver just because the incredible year Chase had. Devon D. Smith had a solid year. He made some solid catches. I think he's showing that he belongs in the NFL regardless of his size. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of look at it a little bit differently, Dominic. you got a quarterback in Jalen Hurts, a young guy, a uh, guy that uh, I'd say – He's he shown uh, he has shown signs of, uh, you know, potentially being a good quarterback. Um, I just think that at this point, um, he needs the help, all the help he can get. We know he's a, a good running QB. We know he could buy time. Um, and uh, and he showed that cannon of an arm at, uh, at Oklahoma. Um, but I think that the Eagles were hoping for a little bit more out of him this past season. And I think that like now, look, similarly to what the Dolphins did, right? You go, you get Tyreek Hill. Um, you have a young QB out of Alabama. You say, look, we have everything we uh, we could possibly do for you. Now it's up to you to ball out. So maybe it's a similar situation here, right? The Eagles want to see with more weapons uh, what they can do to uh, to help a guy like the Jalen Hurts. And and uh, we talk about winners and losers in the draft. And, and that was one of my winners, Dominic. I'd say not specific. Well, the Eagles, yes, but more specifically Jalen Hurts. Um, and, you know, I talked about Drake London being a big receiver with a big target, but AJ Brown, this guy is, is, is a monster. Um, and I do think that people, you know, when people are talking about him as potentially the best wide receiver in the NFL, I think that was uh, a little, uh, a little too much there. I think he's a very good receiver, uh, not one of the best just yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I get where you're coming from Dominic, but I'd have to say just, uh, we agree to disagree because for the reasons you said are kind of the reasons I like the fit. Uh, with him, uh, with the the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, A.J. Brown. Listen, at the end of the day, we're going to have to see whether or not Hurts can develop the rapport that Tannenhill had. If he doesn't, hey, great. I'm just not a Jalen Hurts fan whatsoever. And I do believe by the end of next year, Jalen Hurts will be a backup quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, there you go. Spicy takes. I like it. Great show so far. From one Brown Dominic to another, Hollywood Brown being traded from the Baltimore Ravens to the Arizona Cardinals. This was weird. So he got traded. Uh, this was uh, obviously a trade I didn't see coming. I don't think many saw coming. And it looked like the, it seemed like at first the Ravens had dealt him and Lamar Jackson didn't know about it. He took to Twitter, like being very surprised. But it, com it comes up that Marquise Brown asked to be traded because he didn't like the fit with Lamar Jackson uh, and or guess just the system there in Baltimore obviously they like to run the ball a lot uh, and then after that they do the play action mm, you know like for Marquise Brown's or Hollywood Brown's uh, point of view of course the wide receiver you want to be more in a in a pass heavy uh, offense being uh, the being a wide receiver. I mean, that's uh, you know, that's no surprise there. But I don't know, Dom. I think too too many of these guys are, are asking for trades left and right. Like if you have serious beef with a coach, with a player on the team, with a quarterback, um, where you really feel like you're being under underused, underutilized. I get that. You know, that's gonna be different. But to say that like the system doesn't fit and stuff like that, like I don't know. I just feel like now in sports in general, especially in football, like these guys demanding trades or like if if they have four bad games where they're not getting a target okay we want to quit we want to you know this is not good uh, like who knows if it's going to be any different in Arizona right you already got D-Hop there you got AJ Green um and you know D-Hop will talk about getting suspended but we don't know if he's going to get put up more numbers there with the Cardinals so it was a surprise to me I think the big surprise was that he demanded a trade because him and Lamar seemed tight um and I think that ultimately I feel bad for uh, Lamar Jackson in this uh but uh, yeah not uh, not gonna lie not super impressed with the uh the fact that Marquise Brown demanded of the trade i wish him the best there with uh with the hours and the cardinals but this uh this was a, a real surprise to me 
Yeah, no one saw this one coming whatsoever, but I absolutely love this pickup for the Arizona Cardinals. Kyle Murray struggling horribly last year in the playoffs. His confidence gone. Now how about we inject some confidence with some Hollywood Brown coming to support you, a guy who you had a rapport with in college football. I think this is a phenomenal pickup for those Arizona Cardinals. They already signed Zach Ertz, great tight end, great route runner. Now, ironically, the, the pickup makes it even better since, unfortunately, Hopkins is now going to be gone for the first six to seven games of the season next year. I yeah. think they'll be able to, you know, ride the ship. And A.J. Green will be the beneficiary early on during the season as being the predominant number one red zone receiver for that team. I don't think there's going to be a problem whatsoever for those Arizona Cardinals. Granted, they're in a tough division, but I think this pickup in comparison to the A.J. Brown pickup, I will put all my eggs in Hollywood Brown's basket because I know chemistry means a lot in the NFL and we're going to see it in Arizona. Wow. Okay. So you think that with Kyler Murray there and how he struggled last season and, you know, his, um, the fact that, you know, obviously it wasn't a great year for them, kind of a, you know, a good fresh start for them, adding a speedy receiver like Hollywood Brown. Do you think that they maybe use Hollywood Brown in different ways? The Baltimore Ravens did, uh, you know, kind of, you know, the Ravens were kind of using him as a, a play action receiver. In other words, uh, go after the play action and take a, a, a shot deep. Uh, do you think that kind of like the Dolphins use Waddle, you kind of dink and dunk with him and let him uh, create space after the contact and kind of let, uh, after the catch, excuse me, and kind of like Kyler Murray build a little bit of confidence with those easy completions. So how do you see him, I guess I'd say, being used by the Arizona Cardinals? Slot receiver guaranteed. Try mm -hmm. to utilize him exactly like Steve Smith was utilized back in the day in Carolina. I think the fit is there. I do have the confidence for one last shot for Cliff Kingsbury to put all his plan together. He needed the weapons. Now we saw last year that his quarterback wasn't happy. Even in the offseason, he was still unhappy. So why not make him happy and get him one of his buddies, one guy that he had great rapport with in college football in Hollywood yeah. Brown. This team's going to be fine. And then you're going to see Arizona pick it up right at the right time and make it into the playoff next year. I think that uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, listen, at the end of the day, they need just big, large receivers uh, to be the red zone kind of guys to help Lamar because Lamar, I don't think he's got the skill set needed to be this dynamic, accurate passer. And I think the fit just wasn't there with Hollywood Brown. Yes, you saw a couple passes here and there uh, that went the distance, but uh, it just it wasn't a good fit in Baltimore. And Baltimore's a running team; they will be fine. Kingsbury is going to create an offensive game plan that's going to utilize Hollywood Brown's skits a lot better. And I think that we're going to see that happening in Arizona next year. Dominic, we talk about those hours in the Cardinals. Unfortunately, DeAndre Hopkins being suspended for the first six games because of PEDs. Uh, a shock to him. Uh, he's going to look uh, more into it. And, uh, you know, he really seemed genuinely, like, surprised and, and didn't understand. Uh, and, uh, you know, was, uh, was obviously taken aback by this. We talk about the new receivers now, or new receiver now in, in Arizona with uh, Hollywood Brown and maybe with... Um, AJ Brown, so excuse me, AJ Green potentially developing a, a bit more of a rapport with Kyler Murray. Do you think this is kind of, I guess you could say, maybe a blessing in disguise for Arizona? Obviously, like one of the best players in the NFL won't be playing for your team, uh, which is not a good thing. But you, I mean, and maybe another way to look at this is. Kyler Murray is going to now have to develop chemistry with guys like Hollywood Brown 
uh, AJ Green uh, continue to develop a good chemistry with Zach Ertz, you know, Andy Isabella, uh, Rondell Moore, who they got out of uh, Purdue last year. I kind of look, of course, like you want uh, DeAndre Hopkins to be on the field, but I think this is a good opportunity for the first six games for Kyler Murray to kind of, you know, use his receivers that he has available to him at their strengths and, you know, see that when DeAndre Hopkins comes back is where those other pieces fit around D-Hop when he's able to come back into the lineup. Yeah, we all want to see DeAndre Hopkins being there game one, week one. It's not going to happen, obviously, and that's a really, really sad to start your season that way. Again, however, I do think they can ride the ship and do fine. I already talked about how that chemistry is already established with Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray. The key to this offense is going to be Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is a phenomenal tight end, and he can run routes like no other almost in the NFL. Definitely a top three tight end in terms of route running ability. I think that the game plan is going to be revolving around him. You got yourself a great red zone option in AJ Green, which I think next year is going to have a bounce back season. And he will be also the beneficiary because DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to be there at first, which will give him plenty of opportunities to get all that confidence back in the red zone. I really feel strongly about Arizona. I really do. I think that they really had a great opportunity in this draft to kind of like shore up a bit of their defense, which they did. And uh, the tight end position getting Trey McBride, maybe not the best pickup in my personal opinion in the second round, but they definitely made up with Hollywood Brown being on that roster starting week one next year. Mm, good take, Dominic. Those Cardinals, former Cardinal Tyron Matthew is now a member of the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, he wasn't a member of the Cardinals uh, this <laughs> last season. Uh, coming from the Kansas City Chiefs, he is now... Back home in New Orleans, played his college ball at LSU, grew up in New Orleans, signing a three-year, $33 million contract with the New Orleans Saints. I always love it when guys that, you know, guys are able to, to play at home, play where they played their college ball. Remind me, we got to talk about Kenny Pickett, Dominic, and uh, your Pittsburgh Steelers and how much I like that pick. But yeah, finally, Tyron Matthew finding home. We talked about him uh, surprisingly, uh, you know, not uh, not being signed by any team uh, over the, the, the last few weeks or last few months, really, when we talked about uh, the best free agents available. Tyron Matthew has finally found a home, uh, really the place that he grew up with, with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, thoughts on the pickup by the Saints to get Tyron Matthew? I love this pickup. You know, we're both a huge Tyron Matthew fan, and he ends up being in a strong defensive core. I think guys like Marshawn Lattimore is definitely going to be able to assist Matthew being an amazing safety up in New Orleans. I think of guys like Demario Davis already established in New Orleans and Cameron Jordan. He's not going to be the guy that's coming in and needing to solve all the answers for that defense, which is going to give a guy like Jameis Winston, who I despise, but yet let's be honest here, when your defense is great, you know, it gives you the opportunity to get the ball a lot more. And I think that they also picked up Chris Olave. This team has a chance next year. I'm willing to give Jameis one shot to see how what he can do. Granted, this is not a long-term answer. Maybe you might see Baker Mayfield getting picked up by the Saints. I doubt it. But uh, I'm going to give the ball in Jameis' hands, see if Winston could, could do the magic in New Orleans. And a guy like Tyron Matthew is going to give him a lot more confidence. 
Hmm. Good take, Dominic. I also like the fact that, you know, I think three years, uh, $33 million, I find that like a, a good deal, $11 million a year. Uh, Tard Matthew, you know, a guy that wants to win, is a very smart defender, and obviously uh, a heck of a baller and a heck of a football player. Only 29 years old. I feel like Matthew's been in the, the league forever. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, he's still not even in his 30s yet. And uh, I thought that, like, look, it's $11 million is, you know, still a lot to give to a player. But like, I thought, you know, they could have, I wouldn't even be surprised to see Matthews getting 13, 14 million uh, somewhere else. So I think this is a win-win for both sides. The Saints are a funny team, Dominic. You know, when I think about the Saints, primarily I'm thinking a lot about their offense just because, uh, like, I think of stars on that team and right away comes to mind is Kamara, Michael Thomas. Uh, right, Marshawn Lattimore is, uh, is a stud himself, uh, able to uh, to blanket wide receivers. This team... Um, is going to have, or I'd say has a few question marks heading into the season. Number one, starting with the quarterback. I think you're right in Jameis Winston. And I think Michael Thomas as well. Is he going to be back? How is he going to fit? How is I going to work out with him? Um, but I guess just in case that doesn't work out, uh, the New Orleans Saints go out and grab wide receiver Chris Olave, who I really like out of uh, Ohio State with the number 11 pick. Um, I think this is a perfect pick by the Saints. I actually really like this one, uh, whether or not Michael Thomas is uh, able to stay in this offense long term uh, and, uh, and, you know, continue uh, putting up the numbers that he's used to putting up. Think about it, Dominic. Chris Olave, you got uh, Michael Thomas, you got Callaway now who had a really good season and a good connection with Jameis Winston. You got Alvin Kamara, uh, and then you add a guy like um, the Honey Badger in the backfield. Already got a fairly good de defense there in New Orleans. So I think Saints fans have uh, reason to be excited for the upcoming year. They do. They do. And it's going to revolve around whether or not Alvin Kamara ends up being that running back next year. He's got a lot of hurdles to overcome with um, the lawsuits that he's facing. However, I, I expect him to be there next year, week one. This team is going to be revolving around Alvin Kamara, bar none. I don't think Jameis Winston is the guy uh, that could lead this team into the playoff he's going to need. Camara to be the guy and they drafted Trevor Panning who I believe is going to help that running game big time with the Pete there already this team could run the football expect big things out of the running game in New Orleans mm -hmm. yeah and you know we talk about uh, the the run game there and Alvin Kamara how special he was to them kind of that that Christian McCaffrey there for the New Orleans Saints um, and yeah drafting obviously was key for the Saints let's uh, talk about uh, the draft and Dominic teams you feel winners talk about winners losers of the draft uh, it could be teams it could be players it could be uh, you know rookies uh, with a, a perfect fit uh, just yeah I'll throw it to you Dominic first team player coach uh, that comes to mind when I ask you winners of this past 2022 NFL draft well, my friends, if you're listening, I'm not going to hand in the torch already, but the Kansas City Chiefs came out of the draft a lot stronger than probably any of the teams in the AFC, in my opinion. This team is going to be hard to beat next year. They got a beautiful DB in Trent McDuffie from Washington. They picked up who I believe might end up being the best defensive end in this draft in George. Kalafatis from Purdue, and then they added a beautiful weapon in Sky Moore from Western Michigan. Andy Reid really put together a great board uh, during the draft and picked up the guys that were just so good for his team, specifically on defense. And we all know that Kansas City is an offensive team, so for him to start off really building back that defense means the world. 
Uh, we talked about Tyron Matthews leaving Kansas City, how that's going to be a problem. But they picked up Brian Cook from Cincinnati. I'm big on that safety. I mean, the list goes on. You can go with Leo Chanel from Wisconsin, an inside linebacker in the third round. The first, I would say, what, five picks for the Kansas City Chiefs were phenomenal. Considering that the AFC West is going to be such a tough division, I think if they come out on top in the West, they most likely will make it to the AFC Championship. And right now, they're my team in the AFC. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to go far. If Mahomes stays healthy, they have it all this year to even win the Super Bowl. Wow, good stuff, Dom. I really like the Sky Moore pick as well. Uh, his 40 time was 4.41. I don't think he could have been drafted by a better team. I think that you talk about the Chiefs being winners. I think Sky Moore uh, as a player was also a winner in this one. Um, I think you hit it on the head, Dominic. Andy Reid, you know, we laugh and we talk about like the cool shirts he wears when he drafts and, you know, what a funny guy he is and, and the jokes he makes. But uh, this guy is good at drafting football players and he showed it again here. And yeah, I really do uh, agree with everything you said, but I think that the, the one player that stands out is, is uh, as you mentioned, Dominic, Sky Moore. Um, I can see them using, using him in, in a ton of different ways. Um, and uh, you know kind of I guess that Tyreek Hill replacement uh, there for the Chiefs so that's going to be a, you know still going to be so weird to see Kansas City's offense without Tyreek Hill uh, but maybe Sky Moore is able to kind of pick up a little bit of the slack that will be left behind with the loss of Tyreek Hill for me Dominic I'm going to go with the team in the AFC East, not my Miami Dolphins. It's got to be the New York Jets. I The J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I think they killed this draft. First pick, they get Sauce Gardner. Uh, and, you know, I talked about uh, previously on, on a few shows that, like, this team needs a little bit more swag. And Gardner is a guy that believes he's the best cornerback in the draft, that believes he's the best player in the draft. Um, I don't think – I saw a stat the other day saying he's never given up uh, a, uh, a touchdown to an opposing receiver. So they get, in my opinion, the best cornerback in the draft. In the second round, they get Brees Hall, the best running back in the draft. With their second pick in the first round, they get Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Very good, sure-handed wide receiver who I like. And then at 26, Jermaine Johnson is still available, which was very, very surprising to me. Uh, they pick him up. I think like they must have been like licking their chops when they saw uh, right after the 25th pick that Jermaine Johnson was still available uh, for them because I really thought that Johnson was potentially going to go in the top 10, but definitely going to go in the top 20. I think they hit on all four of these picks. I think they got significantly better. Look, you're helping out your young quarterback um, by uh, by getting a, a speedy receiver out of Ohio State in, in Garrett Wilson. Uh, you're getting him a running back too. You know, I don't know who's going to be the, the starting running back there, uh, but I know Brees Hall will definitely um, be, uh, be in contention to be the wide receiver one there. Jermaine Johnson, a, a freak athlete, a, a monster, guy that sacks the QB, that could stuff the run in the backfield, uh, and a guy that's able to move very quick laterally. And then you got Sauce Gardner. Um, I think if I had to pick one team, Dominic, that won the draft, I think the New York Giants did well as well, uh, getting Thibodeau and getting Neal. You know, Neal, we talked about potentially being the first overall pick. Good job there, New York Giants. But for me, it's the Jets that, uh, that won this draft, Dominic. A lot of people like the Jets right now, and they think that the Jets won the lottery. I definitely think there's a few gems that they picked up potentially. And I say potentially with a big P because Zach Wilson is your QB. And Robert Saleh as the head coach, you know, I'm not sold on the Jets. 
-hmm. don't like Zach Wilson right now. The way that he developed last year was a nightmare. I saw a lot of those Jets games. I'm like, this guy doesn't look like a, a really confident QB. And granted, you know, he is a rookie. We'll see how he does in his second year. We'll see. But the guys that they picked up, is Garrett Wilson really going to be that great of a fit in that Jets offense with Robert Saleh being the head coach? I'm not sure. Same thing with Brees Hall. Did Brees Hall really end up in the right spot considering they already have Michael Carter? They already have Telvin Coleman. And the way that I see this offense going at the running back position, I see kind of like a merry-go-round of running backs. You're going to get it here. You're going to get it there. That being said, Brees Hall is, in my opinion, a three down back, and he needs to have those repetitions. So that is another pick that I kind of put into question. But there's no denying that they really got their new Daryl Revis by getting Sauce Gardner. I think that that is a bit of a reach where they got him. But when you like a player, go for it. If you like Ahmad, Ahmed Gardner, very rarely you'll see a DB go that high. So you mm -hmm. must be a fantastic DB. So I'm sure that they hit, they won the lottery with getting him. And I do think that Jermaine Johnson, from the tape that I watch, you know, the fact that they don't have really a huge established defensive end, they picked up Lawson last year. Unfortunately for him, he got injured. Mm -hmm. Jermaine Johnson is going to get right off the bat a great opportunity. Sale also is a defensive coach. I can see those guys succeeding. I'm saying that the Jets are going to be still suspect at the offensive position. I know Garrett Wilson, you can do it all as a receiver, but for some odd reason, I just don't trust Zach Wilson delivering Garrett Wilson the ball as, um, I don't know, like had he ended up with an Aaron Rodgers, for example. Maybe yeah. we would have saw Garrett Wilson develop a lot better. Uh, granted, we all know that Packers would have had to trade it up and who knows what they would have had to give up to get Garrett Wilson. But anyways, it's done. The Jets have Garrett Wilson. They have Brees Hall, but I just don't think it was the right fit everybody out there are putting the jets on the pedestal i'm not going to do that mm, look i think at the end of the day uh like you kind of like to summarize what you said like they're, they're the jets right like they're still the new york jets at the end of the day we don't know what we have uh in the in zach wilson there i uh, didn't have a great rookie year last year um and just looking at like individually and, and these players coming out of college, like Garrett Wilson having 13 TDs his last season in 11 games, uh, also having a rushing touchdown in there as well. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, you know, like six foot six, 250 pounds. I saw him play against Notre Dame, Notre Dame's first game of the season last year, and he was all over the field. And he really uh, caught my attention then and, and later on in that year. Uh, I look, look, I still think the Jets will come in last in the division. Um, I still think they will have a little bit of a tough time. But I think that, you know, when you're talking about the draft, you see like teams um teams have reason like you want to have reason for hope right you want to have reason for for hope in uh in uh in the future and i think that the jets finally have given uh their their fan base a reason to be hopeful um and uh i think look like you kind of said it well what do we have in in wilson it's going to come down to him um and uh and, you know whether or not he's able to build that rapport with the receivers he already has there with wilson uh going to be interesting to see what Brees hall brings to the table um but i think that for the jets like you know you have reason to be hopeful um and uh i think that like if, if i'm looking at like all three of the first round picks um like there's None of them I'm saying like, nah, I'm not sure if that'll be a good pick. Like just in terms of analysis and what I've seen on tape, uh, like, I don't know. I think it was, it was solid for them. Obviously look, 
Uh, Got to wait and see what happens on the football field, Dominic, uh, because, uh, you know, all of this is nice and dandy until uh, you don't put up points on the board with the Jets having struggling to do. So got to wait and see. Uh, But Jets fans, I think you have reason to be hopeful. Let's talk about teams, Dominic, that we feel, uh, you know, kind of missed the boat, didn't do well, losers in the draft, uh, whether that's players, coaches, uh, you know, similarly to what we did about our winner side. First player uh, team that comes to mind, we think about teams that just didn't get it done this past Thursday. Okay, I'm not gonna knock Belichick. Actually, I'm gonna knock. <laughs> you stole Belichick. my answer. Why you stole not? my answer. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> I mean, the guy. When you draft a guy by the name of Cole Strange, a guy you could have got probably in the second round, I think you missed your opportunity to draft probably the best receiver. Even though they got a guy from Baylor named Tyquan Thornton in the second round, it seems like Belichick's head is either too big and they can't you can't fit it through the door anymore. Or maybe he'll hit a bullseye. But I think he had a horrible draft. And the Patriots are not heading in the right direction. He also drafted a quarterback who, okay, you know, Bailey Zappi. Maybe he'll be a good backup quarterback. But it's kind of a reach in the fourth round. What is he going to tell his QB? Oh, listen, I'm, I'm drafting a QB in the fourth round. I still have confidence in you. This guy's only going to be a backup. To me, it's a red flag. I don't like it. I just don't mm-hmm. like it. I think that um, New England had a beautiful opportunity to pick the best receiver mm-hmm. in round one. And they went with a guy by the name of strange, a strange pick. <laughs> I don't like it. I think that uh, the New England Patriots are going to suffer. They're probably going to finish dead last. And Mac Jones, I'm telling you, Mac Jones is probably like, why are we drafting a QB in the fourth round? Why can't we just get an extra offensive lineman? What does Bailey Zappi have to offer? That's going to like, wow. You weren't happy with Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer was there for a long time. He knows how to be a backup quarterback. You don't need Bailey Zappi to be there. So, no, the New England Patriots went down the tubes in this draft. And I think Bill Belichick right now, after the season's all said and done, he's going to look himself in the mirror. He's going to say, well, that one was on me. Yeah, I don't know what the logic was behind this pick. I don't know if it was Belichick. Uh, you know, trying to pull a Belichick and, you know, like, wow, Bill Belichick found like a gem and a guy that no one thought would be good. And, you know, Belichick is such a genius and like, this is incredible. And nobody saw this coming. Uh, maybe it was Belichick trying to be too cute. Maybe he overthought this. But uh, it was funny because, like, right after he got picked, uh, Strange did, uh, there was, like, a, a thing at the bottom that said there was, like, a 93% chance he was going to be available when the Patriots had their next pick. Um, I don't think, like, this guy was on too, too many, uh, you know, teams' radar or teams', uh, you know, draft boards. Uh, but, look, you never know. Um, Dominic, you stole my answer, which is okay. Um, if there's uh, any team I would want to have a poor draft, it would be the New England Patriots. Uh, but uh, I'm going to say somebody else uh, – uh, this time, not a team, but a player who I thought um, came out a loser in this draft. And it's Brian Tannehill, Dominic. Um, not only is he losing his number one threat in A.J. Brown, uh, a guy who he had good chemistry with. I think right now you see that releasing Julio Jones was a mistake for the Tennessee Titans. I think, look, you see the way they have something good in A.J. Brown. Julio Jones... I've never actually flat out said it, but I think he's being disrespected. I think Julio Jones still has some juice left. And I know, Dominic, you talked about him being like kind of old and past his prime. And yes, like I don't, I, his Falcons years are past him, uh, but he's 33 years old now. You know, he's not, he's not 37, 38. I still think he has some good years left in the tank. And I think that now that they've lost AJ Brown, this losing Julio Jones is, is a big deal. And I know people say that, oh, he was injured. He didn't really do anything. But yeah, but it's Julio, you know, like he, he's going to stay healthy. 
uh, for the most part. And you always want a guy like that on your team because he's going to attract attention. Um, and so not only does Tanhill lose Julio Jones uh, that gets released, not only does he lose A.J. Brown draft day, but the Tennessee Titans go and draft quarterback Malik Willis uh, to put pressure on Ryan Tanhill at the quarterback position. Um Look, they get to, they get Burks, wide receiver, um, to try and replace AJ Brown. That a lot of people have said uh, that he is an AJ Brown type player comparison. But look, you're not going to get a wide receiver uh, that's coming in as a rookie that's going to give you what AJ Brown was able to give you with Tennessee um, and uh, and the, specifically with Tanhill and you know those deep bombs. It was like it was looked almost easy uh, the way Tanhill was throwing that deep ball to AJ Brown. And uh, just to I'd say add salt uh, to the wound taking Willis, who was surprisingly still available there when Tennessee had their pick. Uh, I don't know, Dominic. For me, if I'm Tannehill right now, I'm kind of scratching my head. Let's continue talking about that draft and uh, what I said about Ryan Tannehill being a loser uh, <laughs> in the draft. Um, that didn't come out properly, but you know what I mean. So, yeah, what are your <laughs> thoughts on, on Tannehill and uh, you know him, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, unfortunately, losing A.J. Brown, and then also the uh, Tennessee Titans drafting Malik Willis. Hey, if there's anybody that could throw shade at Ryan Tannehill, it's definitely a Dolphins fan, so yep. you go ahead and throw him under the bus. <laughs> but listen, I think that I, I don't agree with you uh, fully with your take on the mm-hmm. whole Ryan Tannehill situation because I have all my faith in Mike Vrabel. I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL and he has this team competing game in and game out. If I analyze this pick with picking Malik Willis, I see this as a three-year plan, you know, maybe two-year plan. I'm going to say three. So in other words, Tannehill's got a guaranteed two years to relax before he feels the pressure. That's my personal opinion. Why is that? Because you have a running team. And this team runs through Derrick Henry, which (laughs) I just absolutely love. And all our listeners know that I love. And as a matter of fact, Rabel was so smart, he managed to get himself a second great running back in Hassan Haskins, who maybe a lot of people don't know. And I guarantee you, if Derrick Henry goes down, Haskins will slide right in there, fit like a glove in that Tennessee offense. And one guy that we have to remember that was picked up as a free agent. You know, we can talk about AJ Brown being gone, but this team picked up Robert Woods from those Rams, who I believe is an underrated wide receiver in the NFL. He could do it all, run routes, red zone wide receiver. I think he's going to be the guy picking up all the slack left behind by A.J. Brown. And Traylon Burks doesn't have to go out there and be the guy. He's more, I would say, a play action wide receiver, you know, long arms. He could be a great red zone receiver. This team is going to be about coaching. How can I move my chess piece in every game in all directions to confuse my opponent and drain that clock with Derrick Henry? If you want to get an all-around football team, the Tennessee Titans are an all-around football team. They don't have this magical superstar other than Derrick Henry. It's a team game. I think the Titans will be fine. They'll be competing for a playoff spot. I know last week I have Indianapolis, probably the division winner in that division. And I do believe that that will be still the case. But I think Tennessee will compete all year round. So you think that Robert Woods is good enough to be a wide receiver one? 
I do believe that Robert Woods could be good enough to be a wide receiver one. I think we saw it a bit last year, or sorry, the year before, mm-hmm. uh, where he kind of took over the reign from Cooper Cup. Cooper yeah. Cup really stole the show last year for those Rams because, as we saw, Robert Woods went down as well. They do have all these odd receivers. Uh, one of them goes by the name. I'm going to give a shot. Nick Westbrook, Ikaini. I saw this guy last year play. He kind of like came out of nowhere. He yeah. had a couple of good 100-yard games. Picked up Austin Hooper from those Cleveland Browns, who was not a fit whatsoever yeah. with Cleveland. I think he'll bounce back in Tennessee. And again, I'm putting all my faith in Mike Vrabel. I believe that this guy could coach a football team, get the, the team to rally around. And whoever comes up as being the right receiver one, whether it's Traylon Burks or Robert Woods, Right now, I'm going to say Robert Woods because he could do it all. So, yes, Robert Woods would be the number one receiver in Tennessee. Yeah, you got to be excited for him now. He's got a big opportunity now, and I think it's you know clear and cut that he's going to be that main guy for the Titans. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be an exciting division, honestly, now with uh... – you know, Jacksonville, uh, what I mean, look, Jacksonville potentially uh, or hopefully being better than last year to see what's going to happen with Trevor Lawrence. You know, all eyes are on him getting Travis Etienne back, obviously uh, looking at the number one overall pick Walker. So I think that uh, that division in itself will be exciting. Uh, I want to talk about a team that I was impressed with uh, during the draft, Dominic, another team besides the New York Jets. It's a team that you like, Dominic, the Carolina Panthers. So Carolina didn't take Kenny Pickett at number six. They didn't take Malik Willis at number six. Um, they took an offensive tackle out of North Carolina State at number six. Um, and not only that, but they were able to get Matt Corral, uh, a quarterback I really like in the third round. So, like we talk about, I know I said last week on the show, uh, best value picks and you know, things that make the most sense. And like I wasn't a huge fan of that term because I feel like you should get whatever guy you want. But I'm a big Matt Corral fan. And I think the fact that they were able to get uh, Iguanu uh, out of North Carolina State at six, uh, you know, a guy that, uh, that has a, a motor that just doesn't stop, uh, that's able to throw guys, uh, t- defensive tackles around the football field left and right, protect his quarterback and get Matt Corral. Uh, I think this was a, a good draft for the Carolina Panthers who didn't actually have too many uh, picks. He did not have a pick in the second round, able to get uh, Matt Corral in the third round. So I'm impressed with those Carolina Panthers, Dominic, and what they did during the draft. Hey, I'll agree with you here. Guaranteed. I'm not a Matt Corral fan at all, but I do love the gamble and the willingness to to push the envelope here and picking up Corral in the third round. The only reason why this guy is in the third round is because his attitude. I love calling these picks the wild card picks because you just don't know what you're going to get. You might have hit you know, the lottery by getting Corral. And at the end of the day, we all know that Carolina does not have a quarterback. We saw what Sam Darnold did last year. Granted, he started the season 3-0. He might do it again. Who knows? I mean, we do know that Christian McCaffrey was hurt. I know that Iquanu is definitely going to help that running game. And I am a big fan if not everybody's a big fan of Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Some people might think that he's now injury prone. I'm going to say, you know what? We'll have to wait and see on that. I'm going to give him an opportunity again next year. It's going to, this team is going to be driven through Christian McCaffrey. If this team starts 0-3 by week four, Matt Carell will be your starting quarterback for the rest of the season. Guaranteed. And this guy could deliver. Terrace Marshall, who I thought was a phenomenal receiver at LSU, and he's just waiting in the rings to be a guy to be like, hey, pick me as, a, as your receiver to go to. I'm going to get you a lot of touchdowns. 
And we got DJ Moore up there as well, who yeah. has no respect because obviously Sam Darnold's your quarterback. So we'll see. This is an intriguing team. I think Matt Corral next year will be your starting quarterback. But for whatever reason, next year, I see Matt Rule getting fired probably at the, in the offseason. I see Sam Darnold being obviously let go. And Ben McAdoo might still stay as the offensive coordinator. But you never know. Matt Corral could start week one. And if that's the case and Carolina is competitive, Matt Rule will be signing a huge contract extension. I think it's a big year upcoming for, uh, you know, Sam Darnold, Matt Rule, and just the Carolina Panthers franchise in general. And just to add on to your point, Dominic, you talk about like uh, the the willingness or the guts to, to take Corral there in the third round. They traded up to get him, which is, you know, it's like even more, uh, you know, risky to do. And they, I just like it. And I think that like, even if Corral doesn't work out, I think that like, I like when teams are able to make moves that, uh, you know, take guts. And obviously this took a lot of guts from the Carolina Panthers to do. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a guy that likes the sexy type players, wide receiver, quarterbacks. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously I know that uh, the game begins in the trenches and getting that big offensive tackle there out of North Carolina State will immediately help this Panthers team. Uh, Dominic, let's continue on. Uh, thoughts about the draft? I guess teams you thought did well, didn't do well. Players that will immediately benefit. Rookies you think that kind of slid under the radar. Uh, that'll be... Uh, that'll be uh, make immediate impact right away on their teams. I know I was surprised Kyle Hamilton was picked at 14 there to the Baltimore Ravens. I unfortunately lost my friendly bet with Terry. Uh, I said he was going to go top 12. He didn't. He went at 14. I think that that was a great pickup by the Baltimore Ravens. So that's, uh, you know, that's what I'll add to that. But uh, yeah, your thoughts on uh, the NFL draft and what caught your, uh, caught your attention. Let's talk about those Baltimore Ravens. Mm. This was probably the best Ravens draft uh, that we've seen in a long time. I mean, the Ravens always seem to be having these amazing drafts. And now we know that it's not only a product of Ozzy Newsom, but this one, wow, if, if they hit all their picks, which I do believe they'll hit a few, this is going to be a hard team to play against. Let's start with Kyle Hamilton. You started off by saying Kyle Hamilton, you know, 6'4", 220 pounds. You'd be willing to trade up and get him. He yep. fell to number 14 to the yeah. Ravens, which I believe was a sweet spot. What a great value pick. Let's see what this guy could do for those Baltimore Ravens. They follow up and trade up to get number 25, Tyler Lindenbaum from Iowa as a center. His only knock on this guy is he's got short arms, but a lot of people that are that evaluate the center position, they haven't seen a great center coming out of college since Lindenbaum. So that could be another huge hit. But the guy that I was so mad that ended up being a Baltimore Raven, and I think they hit a bullseye, is David Ajabo. This guy is going to be a beast outside linebacker for Michigan. You know, we talk about Aiden Hutchinson this, Aiden yeah. Hutchinson that. <laughs> David Ajabo is just as good as Aiden Hutchinson. You need a Batman and a Robin. Who knows who the Batman and Robin is? It could have been actually Aiden Hutchinson that was the Robin, and the Batman was David Ajabo. So I think the, the Baltimore Ravens got himself a gem with Ajabo. And it goes on. I mean, they picked up another guy on the offensive line in David Fiali, who I think that he's going to be just a well-rounded offensive lineman to fit for that running game in Baltimore. This, you know, you got to give credit to Jim Harbaugh. I know he knows what he's doing. He clearly got a guy with a job from Michigan. They know what they got with the Harbaugh brothers sharing information here and there. Congratulations to those Ravens. You did a darn good job in this draft. Or at the very best, it's a wild card 
uh, that we're all willing to see what's going to happen. You got us excited as any fans in the NFL. Good to, hey, Donald, it shows you're not biased. You're talking about uh, one of your bitter rivals there in the Baltimore Ravens. And a uh, good call there with the brother-brother connection, uh, Harbaugh from Michigan uh, and the Ravens. So exactly, they uh, they probably talked a lot about that. Let's stay in the division. Let's talk about your Pittsburgh Steelers, Dominic. I really want to talk about this a little bit early on, but we had a lot to talk about on the show. Kenny Pickett, the first quarterback taken in this draft. Um I think, you know, it was kind of a coin toss would be the first. I know I I thought Kenny Pickett was going to go uh, be the first quarterback taken, but a lot earlier. Uh, he's there at number 20 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they take him, the kid coming out of Pittsburgh. I think that itself is such a cool story. But as a Steelers fan, I want to get your immediate reactions on the Pittsburgh Steelers drafting Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. I am shocked, utterly shocked that Kenny Pickett end up falling to number 20 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. As a matter of fact, I was convinced that if Malik and Kenny were there, that Malik was going to be the guy that was going to get drafted. They wind and dine Malik's family. They made, they made the big show that, you know, we're all in. But at the end of the day, Kenny was there. And I guess, you know, having a guy in the stadium, you know, for the past, what, four years, I'm sure you saw a lot of people from the Steelers organization. And, you know, you see the progression from this athlete year in and year out. I said it before, this guy, I think he can win one Super Bowl. I don't see multiple Super Bowls uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers with Kenny Pickett, but I do think that he can guide a team to a championship. And a lot of people are going to, you know, we talked about his, his hands, this, his hands, that. You know, he's played in Pittsburgh. He knows, obviously, the weather. He's been there. He's He's seen it all. So, the transition is going to be seamless for him. Now he's just going to be playing with a different jersey. It's going to be the Steelers black and gold. And we're going to have to wait and see what happens with Kenny Pickett. But this draft goes on for Kenny, for Kenny Pickett because they pick up George Pickens right yeah. after in the second round, which, again, another wild card pick, a guy who got injured. But if you look at this guy's tape, this guy's nasty. And he's going to help also as a run blocker for Najee Harris and Pittsburgh. So those two first picks, you're going to see these guys, I would imagine, for at least the next five years in a Steelers uniform. And I'm confident that, you know, the Steelers organization has always done very well when it comes to the transition period. You know, it's a transition period. Let's see what happens. So I'm confident that Pittsburgh did the right thing by selecting Kenny Pickett. I'm confident they can win a Super Bowl with Kenny Pickett. I just don't know when that's going to be. I'm going to say around year five or year six, but I don't believe in the next few years you're going to see Pittsburgh lifting a Super Bowl anytime soon. Yeah, I know it's tough, obviously, with the rookie quarterback. Do you think he's going to be starting week one for the Steelers? No, I hope not. I think that yeah. uh, if they do, I mean, hey, if he wins the QB battle, go ahead, put Kenny Pickett on. But yeah. I'm not the I'm not a kind of guy who would do that. I just believe in developing your quarterback, give him the best chance to learn the entire playbook at least once. You know, unless unless uh, Trubinsky gets hurt, that's a whole different ball game. When yeah. uh, Roethlisberger entered entered this league, it was because Tommy Maddox got hurt. Otherwise, he was going to sit as well. So. I think that if there's no injuries, sit Kenny Pickett for the entire year. Let him learn, get a, get the vibes of the NFL, and uh, that's how I would do it. Next year for me, the, the Steelers season is an entire wash. I don't care what happens. I would I would rather lose games and get a higher draft pick because I have no expectations for the Pittsburgh Steelers next year. 
Yeah, but I think like you're, you're they're treading in the right direction, which is also a good thing nonetheless. Pretty crazy to think he goes number 20 and some mocks having Malik Willis go number six. He goes 86. Crazy. Folks, that's it for this show. I'm just happy that the Green Bay Packers drafted a wide receiver. I was I couldn't believe they didn't draft one in the first round. Thank God they ended up drafting a wide receiver. I just felt I needed to say that because they should have drafted a wide receiver a heck of a, a heck of a long time ago there for uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But that's it, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week. Same place, same time. You are listening to CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal.